Hello and welcome. I'm Simon. And I'm Tony. We are still knee-deep in tech, and this is episode 115, recorded on April 16th, 2020. We are still working from home, and Alexander is apparently working harder than he's ever been working previously, since he is redecorating his study. Yeah, so of course the handyman arrived just in time for our recording session, so he had to drop out this time around. Yeah, but he will be back, rest assured. But we have had... uh, (laughs) When I were writing the show notes prior to this episode, I opened it up and realized that we have close to nothing. And then I just went back through my Twitter feed two days, and now I believe that we have more things than we will ever be able to squeeze in, even without Alex. Uh, Oh yeah, the the show notes pretty much exploded this afternoon. Yeah, I'm sorry for that. (laughs) You're not. (laughs) So, what would you like to start with? I I think we should start with the most important news of them all. Uh, That being that I have actually deployed Windows Virtual Desktop in production today. Oh, that's great to hear. I'm very happy for you. Uh, I wouldn't say that that's the most important news, but please tell. Uh, Yeah, well, so we have had it running as a proof of concept, kind of, for a few weeks now. And um, uh, the support team and the users seem happy with it. So as of today, we have invited all the users to actually join in and begin using it for real. So this far, everything has worked out just fine. Uh, Seems to work very good, stable. Uh, People are not complaining, at least, so that's always something. But I suppose we should have probably have some sort of evaluation in a week or so just to hear people's thoughts on it. Yeah. But uh, so far, so good. So are you using multi-session hosts, which users share, or is it dedicated virtual machines? No, it's a multi-session, two two different uh, VMs running multi-sessions. And and uh, how many users are you planning to add to each VM? Uh, I think as of right now, it is scaled to around 10 per VM, I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, co- concurrent. But like I said, we, we we still need to do the load testing as well, Yeah. Uh, just to be sure. So it, it might be more than that, depending on the actual load per session. Yeah. So what's been your biggest surprises, both good and bad, in, in configuring Windows Virtual Desktop? Uh, well, I suppose the initial configuration was pretty straightforward if you just follow the documentation guidelines. Uh, and then the management being PowerShell only as of now uh, is, well, I suppose you can get used to it, but you know, I had to write guides for the support staff, of course, because they are probably more used to like GUI tools uh, in one way or the other. And also doing the delegated management of the uh, Windows Virtual Desktop uh, platform itself uh, was a little bit of a hassle. Uh, not too much, not too too bad, but but still, it it could have been better. Yeah, and but because we have talked about uh, WVD admin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why why aren't you using that to ease on the PowerShell workload? Oh, did you mean the the tool you spoke about earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I did use that at the time that we had spoken about it, uh, but uh, then I didn't actually remember to use that now that we did all the dele- delegated permissions and stuff. So I yeah. wasn't actually even aware that you can do those things with that utility. Yeah, uh, I'm not entirely sure on the delegations, but I know that you, for a fact, can use it to add groups now instead of users. Well, of course you can now, when I've already written my own scripts that does the user thing by automation. So, of course you can do that now. Yeah. 
okay, so I will need to go back and fix that yeah. a bit. Review it again because it, Marcel have a lot of new things in um, in the latest release. But is that like as of this week or something? Because it, it wasn't too long ago that I actually downloaded the tool and we talked about it. So what can it be, two weeks ago maybe? Yeah, but I think this is this week. Ah, okay, okay. Well, I have, I'll have to check it out. Or we can just, again, do a few minutes with Simon Googling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, let's see. Thomas tweeted about it April 8th. So ah, okay. just about a week ago. Sure, sure. I'll have yeah. to check it out do that so moving on to the real big news okay let's bring i'm it currently in a brew dog bar at least ah. my my team uh, says so ah, custom okay. backgrounds in teams has now been rolling out for a couple of days and um, I, I think this will be so c- can you remember when you were in school not Did really you ha- <laughs> 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 I, I forget how old you are but can you remember any time where, where it's, there's been such a huge hype for things? Like, for me, it was Pokemon cards. It was uh, Pogs, Googles, uh, Magic for me, but I'm, I, I was a geek back then already. The things that everyone gets focused on and spend all their money on and which their entire lives circulates around. Okay. Do you remember any of those? Well, skateboards and yo-yos, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and based on those things, you are now able to exactly calculate our age difference. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just look but, at the trends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think, like, Teams Custom Backgrounds is definitely one of those things. Everyone wants them. Uh, yeah, that actually happened to me this week as well, because I, during a meeting, I noticed that you can actually choose a background. Um, yeah. So I did, and no one else had noticed that. Yeah. So, yeah, I got pretty much like standing ovations. How are you doing that? What is that? And then pretty much everyone began using it straight away. And I, I think it's a good thing. Like, it eases up things. I've heard people using it for virtual afterworks and so on. So I think it fulfills a function but i also see that we will be putting a lot of effort into getting our custom backgrounds doing everything like that but also that we will run into some quite interesting situations so as an example i choose my background wisely for work meetings i won't use the the uh, brew dog background in a meeting with a customer it's not appropriate so i'm actually fallen back to the blurring only for most of the work-related meetings. Then if I have a longer relationship with a customer, I may change my background to a custom one, but probably one with like a forest or something, or go for penguins. Uh, Yeah, of course. And uh, yeah, it's funny you should say that because there is a huge potential for misbehaving with this uh, new functionality, of course. You could put like wildly inappropriate background (laughs) pictures. Yeah, definitely. And and for everyone, we will be putting this in our show notes, of course. But for everyone that wants to add your own custom backgrounds, you have a, a selection of them in Teams. But if you would like to add your custom backgrounds, you add them to your AppData Microsoft Teams backgrounds uploads folder. And uh, saying search parts in, in uh, parts in uh, Windows Explorer isn't really a good thing to do, but you will be able to figure it out and you can read more in our show notes. 
I would suggest that you take pictures that are full HD or higher for best experience. But other than that, go ahead. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Okay, so Azure under pressure, what's that about? So we are, I think we have talked about this previously as well, that once everyone started to work from home or were able to, or were forced to find new ways of working remotely, Azure usage really exploded. Yeah, I remember us talking about that. So as an example, uh, in the second update to this blog post, Microsoft points out that they saw a 775% increase in teams calling and meeting monthly users in one in a month in a one month period in Italy. Oh, in Italy alone. Yeah. Yeah, imagine the whole of Europe or even globally then. Yeah. I know that they also went from like 10 million daily users in Teams to 44 million now. Yeah. Imagine being the uh, responsible architect for, you know, planning your uh, data capacity in the data centers and having to consider these kind of events and numbers. Yeah. How the hell do you even do that? And those users in one week alone generated 900 million meeting and calling minutes. (laughs) There you go. Big numbers. We also have seen a tripling of Windows Virtual Desktop usage. And I think that if you look at those numbers now, I would guess that they have increased even more since it takes a while. Like onboarding to Teams, even if it's perhaps not the best way to onboard, is fairly quick. Onboarding to WVD with a good experience takes a bit longer and it's a bigger change to make. Yeah, and I'm helping. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're helping, exactly. <laughs> but, but I would also say that like, it's quite impressive that things haven't gone down. Yeah, Microsoft have done some changes to the resolution in Teams, things like that. But all in all, they had a like one or two weeks where they had some capacity challenges, but now they're back on, running full steam. Yeah, it's pr- pretty amazing when you think about that. Absolutely. And uh, like they've also said, <laughs> uh, this is actually a quite interesting question. Is Xbox Live putting a strain on overall Azure capacity? So... And, and they are basically saying they are not commenting that specific, uh, but um, they are also uh, talking to the game developers and trying to see how they can improve when they do updates, when they need that bandwidth to ensure that that happens during off-peak hours per Azure region, I would assume. And I think that's quite interesting as well to see that some an organization like Microsoft, which does both consumer and enterprise can leverage that knowledge to optimize for each during the specific hours and i'm really sorry for all the school kids that are home currently and during their parents or guardians office hours wants to play xbox and get downgraded because their grown-ups in the house wants to do a teams meeting i feel very sorry for you (laughs) i don't think you do no, but that's quite interesting. When I, I, I have an Xbox, or two Xboxes actually, but it's basically my One X that's on, or not even on, it's in standby. But when I review my what's taking up my bandwidth home, Xbox is at the top. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, due to updates and so on. It will be interesting if I actually were using it more than I am currently. Yeah, but considering you do like, you know, Netflix streaming and stuff and the Xbox is still winning, how many updates can it get? 
<laughs> so, someone is using it for other purposes, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but I think it's quite interesting to see how quickly you're able to adopt a cloud platform and that the cloud actually is scalable. Even to upgrade your local data center, just getting the hardware, installing the hardware, scaling out to that hardware takes quite a long time. Absolutely. There's no chance of doing that as fast as Microsoft has adopted their data center performance now. Yeah, exactly. Nowhere near that possibility. And suddenly Alexander appears out of absolutely nowhere. Hi, guys. I I feel a bit like Clippy. Are you guys trying to do a podcast episode? Can I help? Yeah, I think you're as as annoying as Clippy was. Oh, you have no idea. And (laughs) as helpful, probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But but I think we... you you entered at the exact right time because I just we're just about to ask Tony a question. So how often have you been forced to find out okay which app will this file open in? Oh, so you mean the file association thing? Yeah. Uh, not that often actually. No, I I've been forced to do that for some very odd file types from time to time, uh, and in the latest Insider build or half of the fast ring insiders, will be getting new uh, enhancements to the default app types. So you're able to search not just your application, but you can search your file ending and add a default applications per file ending. So instead of going from the app perspective, you can go from the file perspective. Yeah, that's useful. Yeah, and that was what I was expecting in this build. But hang on. There's more. <laughs> because we uh, so Tony runs Android. Of course. Alexander runs iOS. Of course. I, I currently run both, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but have have Tony experienced no you don't have a Samsung, right? I do. You do. So you have experienced the full Europhone experience with the screen projection and so on. Uh, it's nothing I've actually used, but I've seen it been been there. You can now, using your phone app, drag and drop files to and from your phone. Sweet. And rolling out is also copy-paste between your phone and your Windows PC. Okay. So you can basically copy something on your Windows PC and paste that text or that image on your Samsung device or vice versa. That is pretty trippy. Said Clippy. Said Clippy. <laughs> That's Trippy, said Clippy. And we have the name of this episode, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so you made some use at least. Oh, yeah. And there's also a number of other improvements to the Your Phone app. And I've actually been using it on my private device. I did actually try that out as well for, uh, I don't know, six months ago or something. So as soon as I received a text, for example, the phone application on the computer actually popped up and just displayed the message. Yeah. So I think that's definitely something you should try out. They, the features are currently a bit limited and rolling out to new devices. Uh, so the drag and drop feature, as an example, is currently only supported on the S20 series and Z Flip series. But the copy and paste is now supported on Samsung S10 and Note and Fold devices. Okay, so I'm out of luck then. 
Is there any any mention of anything uh, catching fire if you're using this on on a Samsung phone? No, not that I'm aware of. It, it, older phones, probably. Okay. So it's like when you throw documents on the fire, you know. Yeah, moving on, guys. Uh, could I just interject something when it comes to copying stuff? Because there were there was an update to Power BI, and it it is a small update, but. Bear with me, guys, because this one is huge. Uh, a couple of months ago, we got the ability to copy a visual in Power BI Desktop between two reports. And this doesn't sound like much, but copy-paste is such an, an integral part of Windows or basically any operating system today that it, it's it's kind of annoying when it isn't there. And suddenly it was possible to copy and paste a visual between two Power BI desktop reports, right? What we just got is the ability to copy a visual from the service, powerbi.com, as an image, as a static image. And you can put that into PowerPoint or Word or print it or whatever you want to do with it. But it is possible to copy a visual as an image. Just, just think of the implications. This is huge. Yeah, and you are saving like 10 seconds per image you want to copy instead of using like snipping tool. You could definitely do snipping tools, yes, but then you'll have to uh, manually decide how much to cut and so on and so forth. Exactly. So yeah, you're, you're, you're saving a few seconds, true, but... Hmm. But I also noticed that, yeah, that's that's the, the comment I would make as an ignorant bisitter. But uh, since I'm actually quite interested in what you do, I also noticed that you can copy a stat... I'm now reading from the blog post again, since that's what I do. You can now copy a static image of the visuals in the service along with the visuals metadata. Yep. Including a link back, a report back, if the image contains confidential information, timestamp. And I think that's the real big improvement, that you get all of that metadata in your copied image. Yes. Yes, I, I agree completely. And I also want to point one thing out. When you said you're going to save a few seconds uh, if you're uh, as a, compared to using a, a screen snap, snap tool, that says something about your uh, power user status because we, we view that as absolutely basic. But yep. we need to remember that it isn't for most people. There is a yep. surprising amount of people that really don't know what a screen capture or a snippet or whatever they want to call it is. So yeah, it's it's yep. definitely a, a another tool in the toolbox, and the toolbox is getting pretty darn big. Yeah, you will soon need a truck for your tools. Speaking of a very very good big toolbox, and, and by by that, Alexander has already taken up more talk time than me and Tony combined. In less than a fourth of the time. And I'm not done yet. No, go ahead. Tool track. Tool track. Seg segway that, please. There was an update. This is from actually March 28th, but it was an update on the Microsoft Cloud Services uh, continuity. We have already talked about that, so we are uninterested in what you have to say. That's pretty common. <laughs> I'll shut up now. Do go on. What, were there anything in particular you wanted to point out? No. No. 
So from a data perspective, have you noticed anything? We, because we have talked about Teams, we have talked about Windows Virtual Desktop, we have talked about how they were able to catch up on the increased demand in a very, very short amount of time. Have you, from a data perspective, a data service point of view, seen any uh, decrease in performance or availability or anything like that? Since that's probably something that's consuming a lot of performance. And it's, it's funny you should say that. Well, I haven't. I should say that. I know that some of my customers have noticed an increase in um, times for, for queries, but nothing nothing um, earth-shattering, or if you will. Another thing that this led to, uh, we're actually all three of us are, are, are trainers. Two of us are current, and then Tony is, is lapsed. But we all know about Azure Passes. That's the word I'm looking for. Azure Passes are part of, of uh, the official training material if you buy that. And that means that you can uh, create an, an account in Azure and get $200 to do your labs, right? Microsoft decided to stop giving those out and accepting new accounts on the, the Azure Pass basis uh, due to uh, lack of resources. This changed or this will change in either in, in a day or very, very shortly. I just got an email that said that they're they're starting to uh, open that up again. Yeah. And again, it only shows how quick they're able to scale out. Yeah, but I, ca- I can see for my mind's eye, someone at Microsoft goes, hmm, picks up the phone, calls whomever delivers CPUs in bulk and go, yeah, hi, I want to have 40,000 Intel CPUs, please. On Tuesday? Thank you. Now I'm just, I just sold off an, a bunch of old hardware and the only thing I'm thinking of... No, it didn't go to Azure. No, 40,000 CPUs. <laughs> how long would it take to add the cooling paste on those and to distribute it evenly with a credit card? Probably the same credit card that bought them. <laughs> yeah, it's a platinum black. Exactly. And then like put the CPU coolers on top of all those 40,000 CPUs. You will probably break half of them because you put it on the wrong direction. Or isn't that how it works? Uh, I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. Binder Cloud. This actually reminds me of many, many years. We were talking 20 years ago. A friend of mine called me up and said, yeah, I just built my first computer. I Warning, danger, danger right there. And he went on to say, well, it doesn't post. So I pushed a button, the fans started to spin, and then it just said, and started smelling weirdly. So Uh, I I said, okay, just turn it off. I'll come over and and look at what you've done and and see where, where we can go from there. So when you put in a motherboard, what do you screw it on to? Yeah, the distance, uh, little distant thingies. Oh, spacers. Oh, you mean the small bits and pieces he had in his hand. Oh, okay, those. He had actually managed to short the entire motherboard. The The entire backside of the motherboard was just straight onto the metal. Oh, bummer. Yeah, he, he for his troubles, he had to buy a new uh, power supply, a new motherboard, a new CPU, a new graphics card. But his network card was fine. RAM probably toast as well. Oh, yeah. 20 years ago, the network card was probably the equivalent of a month's salary. So uh, speaking about that, we have just found a very interesting way of deciding age. 
So if I say Pokemon, Pogs, Gogos, things like that, Tony will continue with skateboards and yo-yos. What would you say, Alex? I would say, what the hell is a is a what now? We are t- we were talking about things that really was a huge hype when we were we were in school. Walkmans. Wa- walk. <laughs> yeah. No. To to be to be <laughs> fair, um, I I'm so slight- is absolutely dying here. <sighs> well, I I did get a Walkman back when I was a kid, but the the super cool thing was the uh, mini disc player. It was completely oh. useless, but I had one. <laughs> yeah. And skateboards. Did you skateboard? Oh, yeah. I uh, Yeah, I, I did a lot of skateboarding. Uh, but I can actually see that. You and Tony Hawk. Funny you should say that because, <laughs> and I think you, you don't know this because you're too young, but maybe Tony does. There was uh, every, every um, day during the, uh, the summer break, there was this summer break TV thing. I think yeah, they, we had we we had that as well. Yeah, they still do exactly. Yeah. So, so what, my love's more on precisely. So what we had was skate TV. Oh, that was the thing, and there was this guy called Skate Master Tate, a huge, <laughs> um, dark skinned gentleman with. I think he had the first longboard I ever saw. It, it was oh. just completely bonkers. A huge long skateboard at a time when all the skateboards they, they were all uh, street skateboards right longboards yep. did not exist as as a concept so yeah tony hawk was a big thing oh that was that was the day so moving back to our actual content here i would just like to point out that you as a microsoft 365 business customer now have full access to all features of azure ad premium p1 since two days ago if i'm not mistaken question is that is something that is just temporary or is it part of the service part of the service whoa so that's actually a, a huge improvement because now you get full conditional access you get self-service password reset you get automatic in-tune enrollment you get everything so i think that's a it's it's making microsoft 365 business which will no, that will remain the same uh, from a naming point of view. But it, it's still, in my opinion, the best value for money you can get if you are below 300 users. And that is something that I'd really like for you to do a blog post on. Uh, yep. Recommendations on licensing for specific scenarios. Because yep. most of the stuff that I've read on licensing is geared towards much, much larger companies. And and there are like there are reasons. I have plenty of customers that go for the ESQs, mm-hmm. anyways, uh, because it's it's the challenge with the licensing is that you can't add on whatever thing to whatever thing without it costing you more than you probably should be paying for it. Uh, so for that reason, I have a number of customers that still go for Microsoft three six five E three or E five, even if they are less than three hundred users. And and that's that's the thing because some some people are gonna value some parts of the the offerings higher than others, but yep. still it's important to know what's included and why should you go for something. So basically, foods for thought. I had yep. a crash course on the uh, eSKUs the other day when I, I suddenly found myself in the need to be able to do a, a live event. Yeah, and it turned out that you needed an eSKU for that. That was not fun. That is still not fun. 
on that rather boring bombshell, it's time to end. Thank you, Alexander, for uh, being a part of our last 12 minutes or so. I would actually argue that I've, I've been here for 16 minutes, but that's just me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was pretty much the half half uh, half time uh, mark when he knocked on the door. Yeah, but also remember that Alexander was the one who made a slight mistake and said 10 billion instead of 1 billion Windows devices. So math isn't your strongest No, point. you said 10 billion and I heard 10 billion. <laughs> we have it recorded. Keep in mind who does the audio. You just said 10 billion, I'm going to splice that into the old episode. And on that Watergate-like ending it's time to end we will be back next week and until that time stay home stay safe keep listening on knee deep in tech have a good one bye 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 now